And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yo, yo. Welcome to a post-game edition of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Yovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And like Anthony Davis, I'm back. Uh, I was originally going to pod after the Friday Portland game. Uh, that was the the LA Portland back to back, and I, I had every intention of potting on that uh, Friday night. Uh, but I actually got my second vaccine shot Thursday morning. So for those of you who've gotten uh, your your second vaccine shot, uh, you know the the next day <laughs> is pretty brutal. And uh, I had a a one hundred three point three fever. I was actually considering going to the hospital. Uh, a really bad fatigue, chills, sweats. Uh, just the whole nine yards did not feel good. Uh, it was bedridden all of Friday and basically Saturday as well. Uh, so did not end up writing or potting after uh, that Friday game. But I picked a good game to return because uh, Anthony Davis, I, I think, has been back for a few days now. But he officially is back as he self-proclaimed uh, after his reverse alley-oop uh, and one dunk to cap... Uh, an exclamation point on the Lakers 123 to 110 win over the Phoenix Suns to improve to 38 and 30 and 19 and 15 at home. And this was Anthony Davis's best game of the season. Uh, I think that it's inarguable. This was just clearly, you know, clear cut his best game of the season, 42 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, three steals, three blocks, a team best plus 26 in 41 minutes. He was 13 to 27 from the floor, uh, one of five from three. I mean, if you want to give two knocks on him, one of five from three, three turnovers, but that's just nitpicking. 15 to 17 from the free throw line. I, I think I'm actually more impressed by the makes than the attempts. You know, 17 is a lot, uh, and he was just a, a one man wrecking ball uh, against this Phoenix defense. But this to me has is, is now been three. Really good games in a row for AD. I'm not going to count the Clippers game because for me, uh, you know, him getting injured and only playing nine minutes in that game, uh, I just, I'm not going to count that one. But you had 25 and seven against Denver, which is, it's funny at that point, we were like, oh, that's a really good game for AD, but he, he's escalated it, you know, 25 and seven to 36 and 12 against Portland and now 42 and 12 against Phoenix. And What's worth noting is that Phoenix is actually the best defense of those three. Like, you know, I, I think I wasn't I wasn't going to say this publicly because I was just like, okay, people are happy about AD. They're, they're excited he's back. He's looking better. But I was like, Denver and Portland, like, aren't good defenses. And, and they do not have the personnel to match up with AD. And neither does Phoenix. I mean, frankly, most teams don't. But you have, the t- like, a Utah with a Gobert or, or a Philly with an Embiid or uh, a Milwaukee with a Giannis and a Lopez. Like you have certain teams that have bigger 6'10", 6'11", 7-footers that are at least athletic, mobile, long, good defenders that can hang with AD relatively well one-on-one. It just comes down to 
his shot making versus those defenders or, or the team schemes and, and team defenses. So that's not Denver, Portland, or Phoenix. Uh, I would say those three are arguably the the least equipped in terms of the West top six or seven. Uh, I, I guess Dallas is in there too. I mean, really the only teams that can semi-slow him down arguably are, uh, I would say, Utah and the Clippers. But, but even then, I think he poses a lot of matchup problems for both. Portland and Denver... I was like, who's really guarding him on, on either one of those teams? But but Phoenix, they're at least a, a better team defense. You know, been a, a top 10, around that top five for most of the year. And again, you know, don't have a, a great... A lot of their, their defensive strength is on the perimeter with uh, Mikhail Bridges, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, um, and, and just, you know, some of that... The, the team scheme as well, but just some of those tough multi-positional wing defenders, perimeter defenders uh, that, that can defend one through three, one through four. And and just, uh, you know, having DeAndre Ayton, a, a big athletic seven-footer, but not necessarily a lockdown defender, like, you know, clear plus defender. Um, so this was a, a another matchup advantage for the Lakers. Frank Vogel said as much post-game and, and said that really with, with the Phoenix and Portland matchups, the Lakers knew Anthony Davis had substantial matchup advantages against those two defenses and they wanted to exploit them and they did and and kudos to the lakers looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Over the last two games, an average of 39 points a game for 80, 12 rebounds a game, five assists, two ste- uh, a steal and a half, two blocks, uh, 15 free throws and one seventeen and the other. So... My quick path, 16 free throws a game. And it was just 10 of 15 in Portland, but 15 of 17 against Phoenix again. And hit a couple threes in Portland. And it's just that what uh, was a tw- exactly 25 of 50 from the field, 50%. So, I mean, just really impressive play from AD. I think offensively, the, the biggest difference I've noticed is just his level of, of physicality and assertiveness and aggressiveness and just his is again like just his physical dominance and and that's kind of been the thing with ad that makes him such a unique player and such a historically unique player you know i i think people kind of forget like before he got to la i mean first off there was a reason why the lakers traded as much as they traded to get Anthony Davis, you know, one of the biggest trade packages in NBA history. There's a reason Anthony Davis was arguably the second best player in the bubble behind LeBron James and was essentially unstoppable for a couple months. You know, going back throughout 80s career, I think he, he, he gets a knock because of the injuries and he gets a knock because of the lack of, of playoff success in New Orleans. But he hit so many historical benchmarks where... I just remember casually observing, you know, just from Los Angeles and and seeing like, 
you know, watching SportsCenter or, or seeing it on Twitter or something where it would be like, you know, Anthony Davis is the first player to do this since Tim Duncan or since Shaquille O'Neal and it was since Hakeem Olajuwon. It was just all these different statistical benchmarks and, and you know, out, you know, just the you know, 40-20s and, you know, 40-20 and five blocks and stuff like that. Like those types of performances that the Shaqs and Hakeems and Tim Duncans and Kevin Garnett's and and those type of all-time top 20, top 25 uh, type players have done. Like Anthony Davis has up until this point in his career been in line with those guys. And I think really, the, again, the two things that held him back in New Orleans were the injuries and the lack of playoff success. And, and now that he's in LA, he's making up for that lack of playoff success. The injuries have still obviously been uh, somewhat of a concern for him, but I think he's... He is clearly headed in a Hall of Fame direction. Uh, I think just even based on the last championship run, like he, he probably already has that case, but he's clearly, I think, going to continue to make the case over the next half decade to decade. And I, I think, you know, but one of the things that makes him so unique is that he has all the physical tools, the, the, the height, the length, the size, the athleticism, the strength, the mobility, uh, but he also has the skill, and, and and we've seen that a lot. Lakers are running a lot of four or five pick and roll. Uh, I was asking Frank Vogel about that before the game. Asked Anthony Davis about that after the game, and you know he he has the mid range jumper. He has the three point shot. He has the passing. He has the pick and roll ability. He obviously has the post game. He he has the finishing around the rim and, and above above the rim as well as we saw with with that uh, reverse L oop dunk. So I think with AD. We had seen a lot of the skill work this year, and, and that was something that I, I kind of focused on earlier in the year when I wrote that feature on him uh, for The Athletic, that a lot of the Lakers' work with him this year was skill-based. It was working on his passing, was working on his three-point shooting, uh, was working on his multi-positional defense and, and defending wings and guards more uh, just in case he had to do that in the playoffs more. Uh, and I, I think... He, he's grown in all those aspects and, and we've seen him do that. But at some point, it, he needs to go back to just being, I am, you know, not the strongest guy in the league, but when I really am being aggressive and assertive, I'm as strong as most guys in the league. And I have the athleticism and I have the speed and I have the agility and mobility and I have the length and the size and, and the coordination to attack you in basically any way. And, you know, okay, you're going to double. I'm going to find the cutter or I'm going to find the shooter. Um, you're, you're going to, you know, or if you're signing a weak double, I'm going to split it or I'm just going to shoot over you guys. And, um, you know, or I'm going to give it up and then I'm going to relocate. I'm going to come off a screen or I'm going to go set a screen. And, and then, you know, if you trap that, like, I just think what we've been reminded over the past few days is how devastating Anthony Davis is. And I think we all knew that, but we've been waiting to see it. And I think seeing this over the past, week or so has for me been the single most positive optimistic thing for the Lakers title odds maybe this season because I think for the Lakers to overcome being most likely in the seventh seed having the plan then having to face Phoenix or Utah in round one most likely Phoenix then going into playing the Clippers on the road then going into playing Utah or Denver or Dallas 
on the road in the conference finals and then going to the finals playing an eastern conference team on the road like the way you win four straight series on the road is by having lebron james and anthony davis be basically the two best players in most of those series and at a minimum two of the best three because you're playing the clippers i doubt they're both going to be the best you know Kawhi is going to put up a case but anthony davis needs to outplay paul george in that instance for the lakers to win if paul george is the third best player in a lakers Clippers series lakers are probably going to lose that series you know looking at phoenix i think lakers have the two best players in that series looking at you know clippers i, I think you know Kawhi puts up a, a case but lakers have two of the three best you, you go to the conference finals whether it's uh, you uh, utah i think the lakers have the two best dallas and denver i, I think luka and, and Jokic would put up fights for that second best player in the series but ad can match and surpass both of them uh, and we saw what he did against Jokic last postseason so I think the blueprint for the Lakers is Anthony Davis has to be a top five, if not top three player for not the whole playoffs, but for large stretches of it, as he was in the bubble. Um, and, and I think there is a little bit more margin for error on paper with the Lakers having more offensive talent, but they lost that advantage with having so many injuries all season. So, I mean, I think had this season gone differently and the Lakers been relatively healthy, had that continuity, had that on-court chemistry, I think we could have looked at it as, okay, AD doesn't have to be a superhero at all times for the Lakers to win the title because you could rely maybe more on Dennis or more on Trez uh, or, or more on Ku- or more on whoever and just have that lineup continuity and know what lineups and combinations work. But the Lakers don't have that luxury. They, they lost that you know, halfway through the season and, and really, it's it's almost been compounding and getting worse throughout the season. So I really think when it comes down to it, for them to reach their potential, for them to repeat as champions, you're going to need superhuman efforts from LeBron and AD. And, and that's going to need to supersede any lack of chemistry or continuity or reps that the Lakers aren't going to have compared to most of the other teams in the West. Because yes, they, they have several guys, you know, Kuz, KCP, Alex, that were on last year's team, but half of the rotation is brand new. Half of the rotation has not played with each other. And I think the, the one thing that kind of papers over everything is just the the brilliance and greatness of LeBron and AD. And I'm not going to, and, and until I see LeBron struggle in the playoffs or, or not be the best player in the world, I'm going to believe that once he returns, he's going to continue to be the best player in the world. I know he had that kind of weird two-game stint when he returned, but he clearly wasn't healthy, wasn't right. I assume next time he returns, most likely next week, that he will be himself or will be able to ramp up to being himself. So I'm not worried about LeBron. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. The one guy we were worried about, relatively, was Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis had not yet been himself all season. He had been somewhat passive. He was missing free throws, relying almost exclusively on mid-range jumpers, three-pointers, and was just not that physically dominant interior force that we know he can be. And that's who he's been over the last three games that he's played in, essentially. Uh, you know, Dominating Denver, dominating Portland, and dominating Phoenix, and really 
playing increasingly better over each of those three games uh, and just eviscerated Phoenix. And I, I think if you're Phoenix, I don't think you you overreact necessarily, but the most likely scenario is 2-7 Phoenix LA. And if you're Phoenix, you were healthy. You had everybody. It was a road game, sure. But the Lakers have actually been better on the road than at home this season. They have a better road record. Or I think they might be tied now, actually, technically. But um, yeah, they're 19 and 15 at uh, at home and, and on the road. But the Lakers, have, I mean, they've been not a good home team all season. Um, and I think if, if you're Phoenix, like you were healthy, you had everybody. Lakers didn't have LeBron, Dennis, or Kuz, who's a late scratch with his back. So that's two starters, including the two primary ball handlers, obviously the best player in LeBron. Uh, and then I would say Lakers sixth man, seventh man in Kuz, a guy who started almost half the season now because of injuries to LeBron and AD, but a vital piece of the rotation and a, 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 I think a vital guy in this matchup just for his multi-positional versatility, a guy who could play the two, three, or four match up with Jay Crowders and Mikhail Bridges. And um, I don't love the Kuzma on, on Booker matchup, but I think Dario Saric, like he, he can guard those guys or, or switch on to those guys. And I, I think Kuz, this would be an important series for him. But missing those three guys and, and winning this game as emphatically as they did. And yes, Phoenix had the second, uh, second half comeback. Yes, maybe if this game is three or four minutes longer, Phoenix is able to tie it or rally or whatever. But Lakers won. They won by 13. And they were in control for most of the game. You know, really from taking that lead in the first quarter, the second quarter really blew it open. Third quarter, it was blown open. And then then fourth, uh, Phoenix made their, their late rally. But... I just don't know how you feel confident if you're Phoenix. You know, yes, you have home court advantage. Yes, you have the better record. You had a really great regular season, but going into you know being a, a team with, I would say, relatively low playoff experience aside from Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, to playing the defending champs, even the guys that the Lakers brought in that. You know, like the newcomers, Marcus Gasol, I mean, he's won a championship, made several deep playoff runs with, with Memphis and Toronto. Wes Matthews has made several deep playoff runs with, with uh, Portland and Dallas and Milwaukee. Um, uh, you know, Trez has been in the playoffs. Uh, Andre Drummond's a relatively, you know, green playoff uh, performer. So maybe not him. You know, Dennis is, was on those Atlanta teams, made a conference finals before, was on that OKC team, pushed Houston to seven. So like, I mean, those guys have at least been in some playoff battles. Like a lot, half of Phoenix's rotation hasn't even been in the playoffs before. I mean, several key guys, Mikael Bridges, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, um, and Cam Johnson. Like these guys haven't played in the playoffs before. So I guess Cam Johnson was out for for this game. But I I just think this is, to me, a a matchup that, you know, yes, Chris Paul and Devin Booker scare me. I, I think that their ability to hit, uh, pull up and step back mid-range jumpers, exploit the Lakers drop coverages. Uh, you know, Devin Booker's the type of guy that can drop 40 in a game. Chris Paul is, uh, I think, a, a proven, you know, historical uh, playoff player, it, one of the all-time great point guards. It, he's going to be a handful in any playoff series. And, and we saw what he did in OKC with, with the team that was frankly 
overmatched and, and um, you know, uh, did not have anywhere near as much talent as that Houston team, and they still pushed them to seven. So I, I'm not going to discount or, or, you know, Chris Paul or Devin Booker, but I just don't see how this team matches up with AD. And, and yes, they can, I mean, they went to zone, they were trapping, they were doubling, like they were zoning up the coverages on AD and, and just surrounding him with three guys. Like they did all types of stuff and, and AD still cooked them for 42 and, and just drew fouls and got to the rim and got into the paint. And I, I just, there's really no, no one on this team can, can match up with, with Anthony Davis. And I, I just, <laughs> that's before we go to LeBron James, who uh, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, cooked Phoenix earlier in the year as well. Uh, I'm going to look this up right now. Uh, okay. LeBron had 38 at home against Phoenix. And okay, they, then they had the, the game they got. Oh, that was the game right after LeBron got injured. So LeBron, um, I'm checking because... That was when, yeah, so AD had yet to play against Phoenix. And the Lakers played Phoenix twice in March. First one with LeBron. That was the 10-point home loss. LeBron had 38 and just, you know, roasted them. And the second one was the blowout loss in Phoenix where LeBron and AD didn't play. So that's my thing with Phoenix is they they have a lot of talent. Uh, again, you know, I, I I actually personally, like, I think I believe in Phoenix, honestly, more than Utah. You know, that that, that was kind of, I don't know if that's a hot take, a warm take, whatever. But, um, like, I, I think they're a scarier playoff opponent. We didn't really see it tonight, but they have that just incredible three-point shooting. I mean, they're only 11 to 25, which is still 44%, but not a crazy three-point shooting night for them. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. What really stood out for me was, I mean, the Lakers got 41 free throws and 17 went to AD, and, but Alex Crusoe, eight, KCP, five, uh, Trez, six, like, I, I just think there's a, a overwhelming physical advantage for the Lakers in this series. Uh, they, they had 14 offensive rebounds c- compared to uh, three for Phoenix. Out-rebounded them 41-32, to 32, uh, despite Phoenix shooting better than the Lakers did. And that was because predominantly, um, you know, the, the offensive rebounds. So I, I think, I, I mean, look, AD said it. He said he's back after that dunk. Um, I thought, you know, we, we talked a lot about the offense, but the defense was three steals, three blocks, being active in, in his rotations, anticipating uh, passes, anticipating passes too against Chris Paul, who, you know, again, point guard, one of the best 
passers and playmakers of all time, one of the best floor generals of all time. AD was was on his every move. Uh, the the three blocks had the the chase down on uh, on Jay Crowder had the the one where he uh, you know was kind of right behind Frank Kaminsky pinned him against the backboard. Um, then had uh, the, the Jay Crowder one late where he rotated out to him and and, and tipped his his uh, corner three pointer. Um, like AD, I, I think the way he's I mean the the way he played tonight was like this is a top five if not top three guy who's just a two-way monster, like MVP caliber player. And he got MVP chance in this game. And of course, with, with how many games he's missed and, and just his overall body of work this season, Anthony Davis is not in the MVP conversation. But had the last three games of Anthony Davis been here consistently all season, it, he would be. Uh, and one thing I want to want to touch on is the four or five pick and roll. I think that's really worked with Andre Drummond and Marcus Gasol uh, screening for Anthony Davis. And that lets Anthony Davis, as AD said at postgame, when I asked him, he was like, it causes confusion for bigs because they're not really sure, like, do we switch? Do we stay in our normal coverage? Um, you know, like, there it just kind of confuses them. So you've kind of seen that where sometimes there's that confusion and that split second is all AD needs to split the two defenders um, or, or there's an opening and he just drives and, and dunks or... Uh, draws a foul or finishes or whatever. Um, or if he, if he draws the switch, then all of a sudden he can cook that guy by, uh, you know, posting. I mean, it, it depends who it is. Cause sometimes you'll see teams will go put like what Phoenix was doing in the first half. It was going smaller on 80 and putting Aiton on Drummond or, or Gasol. And then the second half, they switched it where they put Aiton on AD and then the smaller guy on, on Gasol or Drummond and you could attack that either way because when you get the bigger guy on you, AD's faster than that guy, so you could take him off the dribble. When it's a smaller guy, that's when AD can can post up, get in his bag, uh, just shooting over a guy, you know, step back, ISO, whatever. So I think overall, um, like I, I have a list here of, of things I'm encouraged by, and, and I will touch on them really quickly. Number one is, to me, Anthony Davis is playing his best basketball of the season right now. And that's at the right time. He's peaking at the right time. He's peaking, going to the playoffs, and looking like the AD of last season, which is the AD the Lakers need to win the championship. Uh, Number two, Marcus Gasol has become the primary backup center. I don't know if this is a temporary thing. Uh, I I think if the Lakers are are doing what's best for them, it won't be. I think Marcus Gasol... Frankly, should be the starting center, but that, that's a different conversation. We're not going to get into that right now. But he should be the primary backup. You know, it should be if it's very important for the Lakers to start Andre Drummond. They made him a promise. They're committed to that. Okay, but I think really the baseline should be 15 minutes of Andre Drummond, 15 minutes of Marcus Sewell, and then the other 18 minutes we're going to figure out. You're probably eight to ten for AD. And then that other eight to ten is is that Montrez Harrell, is that Marcus Soul, is that Andre Drummond? Like, what's the best matchup? Most likely, I think more often than not, it's going to be Mark, but it, it will change night to night, game to game, series to series. Uh, number three, Trez has shifted to the four, uh, and he shifted to the four against Phoenix. We saw the Mark Trez lineup finally. Uh, it was okay. It was a minus nine in in the the several minutes it played together. Um, I did like the spacing offensively and, and, 
You know, Mark had some nice entry passes to Trez. I think offensively it works really well. Defensively, there was some concerns with forcing Trez to be a rotation guy, forcing him to defend on the perimeter. I think he could do it in the pick and roll. Uh, I think he could do it against perimeter bigs. But when he's defending wings and sometimes having to rotate on the guards, that's where it gets a little tricky. And I don't think he's the best decision maker in some of those rotations and, and just the timing of everything. So I don't love it defensively. I think I thought Phoenix was an interesting matchup to go to because they play so small that I thought maybe it would be like I could see it more against like maybe a Denver where they go like McGee, Jermichael Green. Like that to me makes more sense to go Mark and Trez. But um, I was glad Frank tried it and, and it was worth a look. But he also went with Trez at the four with AD, which we had not seen this season because most of the time, Trez defends the when Trez and AD play together. Trez defends the fives. AD defends the fours. It hasn't really made sense. We saw it cost them that Portland game where uh, Trez was the one involved in the in the screen and roll with, with Nurkic and Dame, and, and Dame and Nurkic just torched him, and, and the Lakers just refused to adjust. That that was a you know uh, game back in January, but since then I think Frank has, has learned. He's adjusted you know, slowly. And now it's when AD and Trez are out there, AD is defending the five. He's defending the biggest guy. Trez is the one on the four, the stretch four, the, the wing. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply so those are three things i'm encouraged by number four again they just beat a a phoenix team that was relatively healthy no cam johnson um but they, they beat them by double digits w- without lebron dennis and coos and i don't want to read too much into single game uh you know results but that's encouraging because I don't see how having LeBron, Dennis, and Kuz hurts the Lakers in this game with the way they are playing. Um, and then I think the past two games have featured the most desperation, energy, and effort I can remember from this Lakers team at any point this season. And it makes sense because they're, they're fighting for playoff seating and positioning and they don't want to be in the playing game. So like, I, I get why we're seeing it. But this had been the sense of urgency we had wanted earlier in the season. And... I guess better late than never, right? Like, I guess for me, it's just we're, we're actually seeing it from them where we hadn't seen it. We'd seen it in spurts, maybe like a five-minute stint, a 10-minute stint, a half, uh, or a game, but then they, they followed up with, with a couple games where the energy's not there. And I just think seeing the way they came out in the Denver game, the Portland game, and this Phoenix game, uh, and, and, you know, yes, they lost the Portland game, only went two and one over those three, but... They've been shorthanded, right? You know, no LeBron and and no Dennis. And I just think the way that they're executing and, and, and the energy and effort they're playing with and the way they're rotating defensively, the way they're making the extra pass, the way they're spacing the floor, moving the ball. Like, I just think this is the version of the Lakers that is going to need to be there for them to maximize their potential to win four series on the road, to win a championship, this is what we, and they have to do it consistently and they've not shown that yet. So that's the kind of one thing is like, they have to show it consistently, but 
they're starting to show it. And that to me, I mean, again, better late than never, I guess, but we'll, we'll see if they can sustain this. We'll, we'll see the adjustment period when LeBron returns, when Dennis returns. But I have been very encouraged over the last few days. And I think the Lakers stock is trending up. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. If you've not subscribed to this podcast, you could do so on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this pod. And if you've not subscribed to The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com or subscribe off of one of my stories uh, off of Twitter. Thank you again for listening. I'll be back for the weekly pod. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.